Hello there, guys. I am just testing out the sound. I'm hoping it's all coming through. Um, it's all going to be a little bit of a mess, possibly, for the first couple of sessions until I get into the zone. So I want to say hello and welcome to the live book club, the DBT book club, by yours truly, Danny De Silves. So I am, I'm actually a little bit nervous, so I'm just going just gonna to tell you, so it shouldn't make too much of a difference because I do this as a job, but how this is going to work is we are going to go through page by page the actual, um, the dialectical behavioral therapy skills workbook. Now, if you are a member of the Discord channel, you know where to get these links. So I'm going to post that. There we go. It's already in the chat bar for you. So you can go and buy the book. You can listen to it online by me, etc, etc. So I'm going to give it a couple of moments, wait for everyone to pop online. Now I've, we've chosen 9pm UK London time, which if that works, for us we'll stick with that if it doesn't it doesn't matter so head over to the discord chat make sure you've gone through the start here links the book links now how it's going to go today is i'm going to read from page 5 to page 12 with you which is going to be about radical acceptance how do we as bpders gain radical acceptance what is it and how is that going to help us and give us people skills for the rest of our lives that's what we're going to cover today you can read along with me through the book. You can highlight things if you want to, go back to it. What we've set up in the Discord channel is if you head over to the Your Notes section in the channel bar, you can write your notes in real time or you can put it in the chat box, which will be up on the, the website that we're using today. So I am just going to, I need to check if I can even hear myself because this is the first time that I've done this. So if you've listened to the introduction of the book inside the Discord chat, you will notice the sound quality is a little bit different when you listen live, just because I don't have a chance to put the audio through a mixer. Give me two seconds and then we'll start the reading. I'm just going to quickly, quickly check that I can hear myself talk. Let me see. Can I hear anything? Is this going to work? This is like a weird... Quickly, quickly check. Yes, that's me. That I can hear Ooh. myself talk. Let me see. There we go. Okay, guys, let's dive straight into it. If you happen to listen to this not in the live session, don't worry. If you miss out a couple of days during the, the time of us doing all the talking in the chat, don't worry. Do this at your own pace. The way it's structured is this week, it could change every single week, but from this week, from Monday to Friday... We have a set couple of pages in the book. We're going to get through chapter one this week. So as a recap, Monday, which is today, is radical acceptance. Tuesday is distraction from self-destructive behaviours, things that us BPDs all, do all the time. Number three, sorry, on Wednesday, we're going to create your distraction plan. Now, we can do this together in the group. Don't worry. On Thursday, we're going to talk about self-soothing using your senses, a skill that we should have been taught at a young age, but unfortunately, we weren't. And then on Friday, we're going to create our relaxation plan. So if that sounds scary, don't worry. We can do all of this together. Okay, so chapter one, basic distress tolerance skills. Distress tolerance skills. Now, what are they? At some point in our lives, we all have to cope with distress and pain. Either it can be physical, like a bee sting or a broken arm, or it can be emotional, like sadness or anger. In both cases, the pain is often unavoidable and unpredictable. You can't always anticipate when that bee will sting you or when something will make you sad. 
Often, the best you can do is use the coping skills that you have and hope that they work. But for some people, just like us BPDers, emotional and physical pain feels more intense and it occurs more frequently than it does for other people. Their distress comes on more quickly and feels like an overwhelming tidal wave. Often, these situations feel like they'll never end and the people experiencing them don't know how to cope with the severity of their pain. For the purposes of this book, we'll call this problem overwhelming emotions. But remember, emotional and physical pain often occur together. People struggling with overwhelming emotions often deal with their pain in very unhealthy, very unsuccessful ways because they don't know what else to do. That is understandable. When a person is in emotional pain, it's hard to be rational and to think of a good solution. Nevertheless, many of the coping strategies used by people with overwhelming emotions only serve to make their problems worse. Now, this is just a quick um, voice editor note. Now, I know there has been many, many times where I have, let's say I've tried to do something to soothe myself, to bring a partner closer to me. Unfortunately, I have I have made it tons worse and I like how has this gone so wrong? It the plan was perfect in my head. That's because we don't have radical acceptance. So here's a list of some common coping strategies used by people dealing with this problem. Now, if you have your physical book with you or you have your virtual book, whatever it may be, you get to take them if you agree with them. If you don't have the materials with you, don't worry. Just think, yes, that applies to me. Number 1, You spend a great deal of time thinking about past pains, mistakes and problems. That's definitely a big tick for me. Secondly, you get anxious worrying about possible future pains, mistakes and problems. And number three, you isolate yourself from other people to avoid distressing situations. Now, personally, I've had a couple of years of being of suffering with agoraphobia. And that was the main thing I thought, well, to avoid any form of distress and situation, I won't leave my house. And there you go. That's not healthy, is it? Next up, you make yourself feel numb with alcohol or drugs. You take your feelings out on other people by getting excessively angry at them or trying to control them. And now I know that's a very common BPD thing. Next, you engage in dangerous behaviours such as cutting, hitting, picking at or burning yourself or pulling out your own hair. You engage in unsafe sexual activities such as having sex with strangers or having frequent unprotected sex. You avoid dealing with the causes of your problems such as an abusive or dysfunctional relationship. You use food to punish or control yourself by eating too much, not eating at all, or by throwing up what you do eat. Now, personally, so you guys understand, I, for all of my life, I've had an eating disorder. Um, Upon, I think, in the past two or three years is when I overcame that. And I still have to plan my meals a day. If I don't plan, I won't eat because my brain just hasn't made that connection that when I get hungry, I eat. I'm used to having hunger and suppressing what I feel I deserve. And we'll go into that in more detail in the notes in the Discord channel. You attempt suicide or engage in high-risk activities like reckless driving or taking dangerous amounts of alcohol and drugs. You avoid pleasant activities such as social events and exercise, maybe because you don't think that you deserve to feel better. You surrender to your pain and resign yourself to living a miserable and unfulfilling life. 
Now that really hit me hard in the chest because I am literally, we're all doing this right now. We are living in our pain and we are, we're living miserable. It's an unfulfilling life because we are so trapped in the past and the future. So all of these strategies are paths to even deeper emotional pain because even the strategies that offer temporary relief will only cause you more suffering in the future. So use the cost of the self-destructive coping strategies worksheet to see how. Note the strategies that you use as well as their costs and then include any additional costs that you can think of. Now at the end of the worksheet, feel free to add any of your own strategies that aren't included as well as their costs. So this is on page seven and on page eight. And I'm going to quickly just read through those self-destructive coping strategies that a lot of us have. And what are the possible costs of us living how we are doing right now? What's the danger? What are we sacrificing? So if you are the person that spends a great deal of time thinking about past pain, mistakes and problems, this means that we are missing out on things that are happening right now. And then we regret the things that we've missed out on. If you are the type of person that gets anxious, worrying about possible future pain, mistakes and problems, this means we are going to be missing out on what is happening now. I do this all the time and I know you probably do too. If you isolate yourself to avoid possible pain, which we think makes sense, but we spend more time alone and as a result, we feel even more depressed. So we're never going to have those fulfilling relationships that we really want deep down inside because we are avoiding them at all costs. And also it has been proven. Sorry, I'm going to get so many messages now messages because my friends are actually listening to it. So I'm really sorry if you hear any pings. I will sort it out for the next session. So you are going to be isolating yourself and self um, scientific studies have proven that we are social creatures. We need to engage with people. If you live a life where you hide behind, say, sit on your computer all day or sit behind your telephone, this is so, so damaging. We are social creatures. As much as we hate to admit that to us BPDers, we need to engage with people on a daily basis. You use alcohol and drugs to numb yourself. This could be addiction. Now, addiction causes loss of money, work problems, legal problems, relationship problems, and health consequences. So for me, there has been drug addictions in the past. I have abused alcohol. I have done things in the moment and thought, if I just do this here, this will make me feel better in the time being. But it doesn't. You take painful feelings out on others. Now, we don't want to lose our relationships and our friendships around us, but indirectly, we have these feelings and we let them out. So we have loss of friendships, loss of romantic relationships and family members by people wanting to avoid us. So we feel loneliness. We do the thing that we were trying to avoid in the first place through our BPD actions, and then we feel bad about hurting other people and there's legal consequences consequences of your actions. Number six, we could be engaging in dangerous behaviors right now, like cutting, pulling out hair and self-mutilation, self-harm, whatever that resonates to you, that might make you feel good in the moment because it makes you feel slightly alive and gets those endorphins going around your body. However, it's not healthy. We know it's not healthy. This can cause possible, possible death, infections, scarring, disfigurement, shame, physical pain. Now, from a young age, I have been self-harming and I have scars on, on, my, on my legs, on my thighs because of this. Now, this is a, a wound that I have to bear every single day when, I, when I'm getting changed. And 
This is just one of those things that happens from BPD. And if you are the person that has effects on your body right now from self-mutilation, just know that it's okay, okay? These are your scars. You are a warrior. You've made it this far and you're still alive. And no matter how you feel about your body right now, to me, you are perfect. And we're going to get through this together, okay? Okay, on the next page, you engage in unsafe sexual activity like unprotected sex or frequent sex with strangers. So we already know that this is going to be causing sexually transmitted diseases and life-threatening things like pregnancy, shame, embarrassment. Now, I know us guys, when we're in that moment when we are craving that attention from someone, we might say yes to sex with someone we don't really like just to crave something. Or it could be a case that we say yes to sex or get pushed into sex when we don't really feel like it. And that is self-damaging. You avoid dealing with the causes of your problems. A lot of us guys didn't know we had BPD until till shit really hit the fan. Now, if you continue to put up with your destructive relationships, you are going to get burned out. If you do things for other people and don't get any of your needs met, this causes depression and we've all felt that. Number nine, you eat too much. You restrict what you eat or you throw up what you eat. Now, this causes weight gain, anorexia, bulimia, health consequences, medical treatment, embarrassment, shame, and also depression. Number 10, you have attempted suicide or engaged in other nearly fatal activities. Now, this can cause possible death, hospitalization, embarrassment, shame, depression, and long-term medical complications from those acts of attempted suicide or fatal things that we have done. Number 11, right now, us guys, we could be avoiding pleasant activities like social events and exercise. This will give us lack of enjoyment. Lack of exercise will give us depression, shame, and also isolation. I'm just going to quickly mute my computer because I'm getting some Discord chat notifications coming through. Sorry about this, guys. I'm such a professional, can't you tell? You surrender to your pain and live an unfulfilling life. Lots of pain and distress will give us regrets about our life and depression. And the horrible, the worst thing about BPD, which I know you guys are going to get, is when you sit down and a big monument thing happens like a birthday or maybe you have a memory of a certain day of the year and you think wow this time last year I was doing this or I didn't do that and what have I achieved in that short space of time when we get so overwhelmed with our emotions we don't realize we aren't growing as a person we aren't putting ourselves head on into life and we really are missing out on a ton so the costs of these self-destructive Self-destructive coping strategies are very clear. All of them lead to your pain being prolonged into long-term suffering. Now, I'm just going to quickly underline that myself. Feel free to do that. So all of these things that we're doing right now, guys, they might help us, but we're going to have long-term suffering. Remember, sometimes pain can't be avoided, but many times suffering can. I'm going to read that back out again. Sometimes pain, the things that we feel, they're going to hurt us and we can't avoid it. But suffering is something that we choose. So let's take, for example, an argument between friends Maria and Sandra. For Maria, who doesn't have overwhelming emotions, so we're going to say, dare I say it, inverted commas, that she is normal. So the argument was initially painful, but after a few hours, she began to realise that she and Sandra were both to blame for the argument. 
So by the next day, Maria was no longer upset or mad at Sandra. But for Sandra, who struggles with overwhelming emotions, the argument was replayed in her memory over and over again for three days. Each word and gesture was remembered as an insult from Maria. So the next time Sandra saw Maria, three days later, Sandra was still angry and she restarted the argument just where it had ended. Both women experienced the initial pain of the argument, but only Sandra was suffering. Clearly, Sandra carried her emotional pain with her for days, and it made her life more of a struggle. While we can't always control the pain in our lives, we can control the amount of suffering we have in response to that pain. Now, I once had an argument over politics with my partner's um, uncle, and... It was a bit of a heated discussion. It wasn't like anything bad. There was no slander. It was just a highlighted discussion at the dinner table. But for the next three days, guys, I was in agony. I was replaying how I sat at the dinner table, my gestures, how I responded, how he looked. And that just drove me down. And then when I next spoke to my boyfriend, I was in tears. And he said, what's the problem? And I explained. And he said, Danny, it's not that much of a deal. And I was like, oh, my God, what's wrong with me? But I know you guys relate to this. To avoid this type of long-term suffering, chapters one and two will teach us how to distress tolerance ourselves. So these skills will help us to enjoy and cope with our pain in a new healthier way so that it doesn't lead to suffering. And the new plan outlined in these two chapters will teach you to distract, relax and cope. So let's talk about this chapter. The first distress tolerance skills you'll learn in this chapter will help you distract yourself from the situations that are causing you emotional pain. Distraction skills are important because one, they can temporarily stop you from thinking about the pain. And as a result, number two, they give you time to find an appropriate coping response. So remember how Sandra carried her pain with her for three days. She couldn't stop thinking about her argument with Maria. Distraction can help you let go of the pain by helping you think about something else. Distraction also buys you time so that your emotions can settle down before you take action to deal with a distressing situation. However, do not confuse distraction with avoidance. When you avoid a distressing situation, you choose not to deal with it. But when you distract yourself from that distressing situation, you intend to deal with it in the future when your emotions have calmed down to a tolerable level. The second group of distress tolerance skills you'll learn in this chapter are self-soothing skills, which is what we're going to cover tomorrow, guys. It's often necessary to soothe yourself before you face the cause of your distress because your emotions might just be too hot. Many people with overwhelming emotions panic when faced with an argument, rejection, failure or any painful events. Before you can address these problems with your new emotional regulational skills that we're going to reach in chapter 6 and 7 or your new interpersonal effective skills which will be chapter 8 and 9, it's often necessary to soothe yourself to regain your strength. In situations like this, distress tolerance skills are similar to refilling the gas in your car so that you can keep going. Self-soothing is meant to bring you some amount of peace and relief from your pain so that you can figure out what you are going to do next. So self-soothing is something that our parents should teach us, but a lot of the time we 
We didn't have that. Some of us don't have access to that type of parental skills. So self-soothing skills also gives us another purpose. They're going to help us to learn to treat ourselves with compassion. Now, we're not used to treating ourselves with compassion, guys. Us BPDers, we, we treat our favorite person with compassion. We give them everything. But what's more important than your favorite person? Yourself. Right now, you are the most important person in your world. And you need to be taking yourself out for hugs. I need you to be dating yourself because you need to love yourself, okay? This self-soothing skill is going to help us to treat ourselves from so many things. Now, many people with overwhelming emotions have been abused. We have been neglected as children. And as a result of this, we were taught more about how to hurt ourselves than to help ourselves. The second person Sorry, the second purpose of the self-soothing skills, therefore, is to teach us how to treat yourself kindly and lovingly. Now, I'm going to be forcing so much love inside this Discord channel. I'm going to be loving every single one of you, okay? That I'm going to be sending so many virtual hugs, and I know that sounds so hippie and over the top, but I love you. Whoever you are, I love you, I love you, I love you, and you need to be loving yourself. So, guys, how are we using this chapter? As you read or you listen to me following this group of skills, you are going to be marking the ones that are helpful to you. Underline everything, draw little pictures, do what you need to do. This will make it easier to create a distraction plan for emergencies when you get to the end of this chapter, which is what we will be covering on, on Wednesday. Okay, oh, lost myself, here we go. You'll also be shown how to create a list of relax relaxation skills to help soothe yourself, which we're gonna do together on Friday, both at home and when you are away. Then in the next chapter, you'll learn more advanced distress tolerance skills. So chapter one, we're gonna cover radical acceptance, our distractions, self-soothing, and our relaxation plans. It's gonna be amazing. So radical acceptance, we're slowly getting there. I need to stop talking so much, 21 minutes in. Okay, Radical acceptance. Increasing your ability to tolerate distress starts with a change in your attitude. You're going to need something called radical acceptance. Now, this is a new way of looking at your life. In the next chapter, we are going to go over some key questions to help you examine your experiences using radical acceptance. But for now, it's going to be sufficient to just cover this concept briefly. Often, when a person is in pain, his or her first reaction is to get angry or upset or to blame someone for causing the pain in the first place. But unfortunately, no matter who you blame for your distress, our pain is still there and we are going to still be suffering. In fact, in some cases, the angrier you get, the worse your pain will feel. Underline that right now, guys. The angrier you get, the worse your pain feels. Keep that in mind with you until the end of the week. Getting angry or upset over a situation also stops you from seeing what is really happening. Have you ever heard the expression being blinded by rage? This often happens to people with overwhelming emotions. Criticizing yourself all the time or being overly judgmental of a situation is like wearing dark sunglasses indoors. By doing this, you're missing out on the details and not seeing everything as it really is. By getting angry and thinking that a situation should have never happened, we're missing the point. And what we have to remember is that it did happen and we still have to deal with it. And that sucks because when we think, I caused this issue, that tears us to pieces, guys. But this is what we're going to learn to help us overcome that. 
Being overly critical about a situation prevents you from taking steps to change that situation. We can't change the past, and I know we wish we could. And if you spend your time fighting the past, wishful thinking that your anger will change the outcome of an event that's already happened, you'll become paralyzed and helpless, and nothing will improve. So, to review, Being overly judgmental of a situation or overly critical of yourself often leads us to more pain. We miss out on details and paralysis. Now, I'm a quick voiceover note there. I know that when I have gotten into an argument, say, with a friend, a partner, I'm so blinded by my anger and I'm thinking, this shouldn't have happened. If I only did this or if you only said that, this wouldn't have happened. And in the meantime, I'm receiving text messages from my friends and I'm not quite reading everything properly. I can't take in what this person is being said. And I'm just like, ah, rage, rage, rage. And that means I'm missing out on those vital details because I'm stuck in that moment of being overwhelmed with emotions. The other option, which radical acceptance suggests, is to acknowledge your present situation, whatever it is, without judging the event or criticising yourself. Instead, try to recognise that your present situation exists because of a long chain of events that began far, far in the past. For example, some time ago, you or someone else thought you needed help for the emotional pain you were experiencing. So a few days later, you went to the bookstore and you bought this book or downloaded it from the Reddit group. Then today, you thought about reading this chapter and eventually you sat down, opened the book or listened to my voice and began reading. Now you are up to the words you see here. And denying this chain of events does nothing to change what has already happened. Radical acceptance, me- radical acceptance sorry guys, means looking at yourself and the situation and seeing it as it really, really is. Keep in mind that radical acceptance does not mean that you condone or agree with bad behaviour in others, but it does mean that you stop trying to change what's happened by getting angry and blaming the situation. For example, if you are in an abusive relationship or you have been and you need to get out, then get out as much as soon as you can. Don't waste your time and continue to suffer by blaming yourself or the other person. That won't help you. Refocus your attention on what you can do now. This will allow you to think more clearly and figure out a better way to cope with your suffering. Now that that sounds pretty perfect, doesn't it? Let's take a look at some of these coping statements. To help yourself to begin using radical acceptance, it's often helpful to use a coping statement to remind yourself. Now, below here, there's a few examples and spaces to create our own. Now, in the book, it tells you to tick the ones that you really like, the ones that resonate with you. So go ahead and do that or highlight things, whatever you want. So you want to be checking, highlighting the statements that you would be willing to use to remind yourself that you should accept the present moment and the chain of events that caused it. So we're going to start using these radical acceptance coping strategies as mantras. Now, if you have to keep like memorizing this and you have to say it to yourself in the mirror, then do that. If you came to my house, you know that when I'm doing my self-therapy, I have a whiteboard marker and I write these coping strategies up on my mirror in every different room of my house. So you would come into my bedroom and you would see there'll be a self-love note, a radical acceptance thing in the bathroom, so on and so forth. If you have to take a a screenshot and have this as your phone background, write it on your hand, make sure it's there for you so you can read this throughout the week. 
So let's, in the next exercise, we're going to begin using the statements that you choose. So I'm going to start reading these out and you can tick them or you can just listen and think, yes, that really resonates. This is how it has to be. All the events have led up to now. I can't change what's already happened. It's no use fighting the past. Fighting the past only blinds me to my present. The present is the only moment I have control over. It's a waste of time to fight what's already occurred. The present moment is perfect, even if I don't like what's happening. This moment is exactly as it should be, given what's happened before it. This moment is the result of over a million other decisions. Let's talk about the exercise for radical acceptance. And this will be the end of the chapter for today, guys. The end of the pages, sorry. So now, using these coping statements that we have checked or highlighted, we're going to begin radically accepting different moments in our life without judging them. So naturally, it will be difficult to accept those painful situations. So we're going to start with some smaller events. So here are some suggestions down below. And I want you to check or highlight the ones in the book that you are willing to do and you can add any of your own ideas. Now join us over in the BPD book club chat on the Discord channel so that we can do this together. You're not on your own. And we're going to use our own co- our own co- blah, 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 our own coping statements to radically accept the situation without being judged or critical. So just a kind of voice note thing here that you are not going to be judged for anything that you say inside this chat. We're all in this together, okay? Okay, let's read a controversial story in the newspaper without being judgmental about what has occurred. For me, I recently read that Boris Johnson, who is the president or the the prime minister in the UK, has somehow started to sell off the NHS. Now, if you guys, you know that us in the UK, we have free NHS, which is fantastic, but that panics me. I think, oh my gosh, that means I can't get like my citalopram meds. If I break my leg, I have to pay for it. So... I am going to think about that and not be judgmental. I want to think, okay, that's just the situation that's happened. It must be that the NHS needs money. It needs support. I will deal with a broken leg when my broken leg happens to me. Until then, my leg isn't broken. I shouldn't be panicking over it. The next time you get caught in heavy traffic, wait without being critical. Now, I see this all the time, guys. You see so many people, my friends, my family that get really like, ah, traffic. You can't avoid the traffic. You can get angry, but you're not going to be moving the queue any quicker, right? You see where we're going? Watch the world news on television without being critical of what's happening. Listen to a news story or a political commentary on the radio without being judgmental. Review a non-setting event that happened in your life many years ago and use radical acceptance to remember the event without judging it. So... I want you to go through some of these without them being too personal. And then if you're ready to go through a non-upsetting event that happened many, many years ago, something that's not as raw and just accept it for what it is. Remember, we have our coping statement. So if I say to me that one time I went on holiday when I was 15 and I was dating this guy at the time and we were supposed to be going to an internet cafe. I had a time set up. He was going to be on his internet. I was going to be in the internet cafe and he didn't log on to talk to me. And that tore me to pieces. I was like, this guy doesn't love me. And then when I got home, we broke up. So yada, yada. But 
I didn't enjoy that holiday. That was only the first day and I had another 13 days to go. It was a family holiday. Everything was planned and I just, I just didn't smile at all. Now, what I could have done is said to myself, the present is the only moment I have control over, okay? It's no use fighting the past. There's no use fighting the fact that this boy hasn't messaged me because I still have my family on holiday with me. I can still enjoy my present moment without having to worry about my boyfriend, whatever he's doing back home. So guys, that is the end of the first page, the first couple of pages, sorry. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about distraction from self-destructive behaviors. So head over to the Discord channel, and then we are going to start talking about radical acceptance. And I wish you all the best, and I will speak to you tomorrow. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.